Alright, welcome back to another episode of Fast Break Life NBA, NBA Podcast. It's your boy Samuel here. I am joined by my boy Ryan, aka Sway, aka Sway Reporting Live. Say what's up to the people. What's up, what's up, what's up? Back again to talk that sauce. How y'all doing today? How are you, brother? I'm I'm hanging in there, you know. Work work is getting the best of me lately, but you know, we still pushing through. So, you know, let's Definitely. let's talk let's talk some NBA hoops. It's been an exciting like first I wanna say week and a half or two weeks of NBA basketball. So let's get let's get rolling. Um let's 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 first I first wanna start off with um uh let's let's talk about the new rules that kind of take an effect or at least one new rule and like how it's okay. affected the NBA officiating in general. So I, I think it was during the off season or like right before the season started, they said they were going to make an emphasis on cutting down on fouls being called on non-basketball moves. So it was a lot of like the, the unnatural contact that was being made by that was being initiated by offensive players, such as like Trey young, Luca, James Harden, where there was like the pump fakes jumping into people. Steph um, is one of those people too. He does it to like a lesser degree, though. I think so. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't name him because I don't. I don't really see him as the face of it. For me, it was like James Harden, Trey, Luca. Those those three. They made their bread and butter the last like two years or so off those st- certain foul calls. So, I mean, we we seen we seen how the the games are being called this year. Way more physical. Um, a lot less touch fouls being called for the majority of the of of the of the of the league and one James Harden has been um, specifically critical of the NBA and them trying to frame him as the poster boy (laughs) for these foul calls, which rightfully so. I mean, if we just looking back the past, like four or five years, the stuff uh that he was getting away with on the court is just like ridiculous in terms of grabbing guys, arms, hooking them, jumping into people on jump shots like it was just ridiculous and i'm glad like the league cut down on that stuff and like you see and how it impacts his game he not able to get as many points as he was before and you know also not being in shape also plays a part in it too but i think the rules are the main factor there so so how you feeling about how the league's been being called this year well i mean through watching these first couple games it is a different feeling, a different aura when you're watching because now when you see that there at least at least two to three times a game, no matter which game you're watching, if you have league pass or not or locally, you see those calls that would have been called last season not be called right now. So that's so it's a refresher. Um, but I do like it. The only question I have is, will they keep the same energy come playoff time? Because mm-hmm. even though playoff time is more physical, there are still some ticky-tack fouls that get called and it has us scratching our heads. So I want to just see this transition from, from you know, regular season to playoffs. But in terms of the certain players you mentioned, though, uh, James Harden is a is an interesting one because it's not like he can't get a bucket. It's just... His last few years, he's legit. If you look at some of his major stat lines where he's had 50 points or 40 with 10 assists and stuff like that, at least 30 to 40% of the time, he shoots bad. If you look at that stat line, he mm-hmm. shoots bad, but he ends up being at the line at least 15, 16 times. So when you go, it's funny because 
how do you get to the line 15 to 16 times when you're not a physical basketball player? You get what I'm saying? Like exactly. Back in the well, back it's back in the day for us now, but around 20, 2008, 2009, 2010, I remember LeBron used to average at least like 10 free throws per game. And that was it wasn't like a bad thing because he got he was a physical driver to the paint. So it's either you're fouling him or you're just in the way at that moment. So the two types of players, that's kind of where I see the the different different the different things. But most of these calls or these new rules will will uh, impact those that are uh, crafty, crafty ball handlers, because it's no longer no longer physical play because physical play in the league are now is now starting to die down a little bit in terms of drives to the basket. Um, everything now is perimeter oriented. So they're trying to knock down or stop players from just dribble, 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 pump fake. Okay. I got you in the air. Let me jump and hit you. So then I get three free throws. Uh, like you said, James Harden is the poster boy because he, he really went to the line 15, 20 times per game sometimes. So, uh, the other guys were Trey Young, and I believe you said Luca. Uh, Trey Young, I feel like he'll probably be the guy that'll uh, adapt to it a little bit more, just because he's still crafty. At the end of the day, he can get to his spots. Luca, for me, Luca just needs to be more efficient because he he likes to jack up a lot of step back threes, and uh, I guess the next step for him is to be more efficient in finding that balance of getting to the not getting to the line, but getting to the rack pull up middies because you don't see Luca do much mid-range jump shots unless I'm not watching his games enough but the, I love I like the rule change it, it gives a different feeling to the NBA it's like it's basically the NBA trying to say okay we're not gonna let anyone get away with the BS so I like it hopefully it transitions to playoff and James Harden James Harden if he's if he stays in this funk then we're gonna we might have to start looking at James Harden differently because I, I already been looking at James Harden differently. I've been on this anti James Harden train for waves. I just see every I just see everybody joining on because they see he's he's stinking it up this year. But this is what I've been preaching for years. I, I since since I was on Facebook, I was telling people I was like, "Yo, take away these free throws. Let's let's see what happens to James. Let's see." They took him away. We saw it happen. Looked pretty average those first five games of the season. Now, yeah, he, I will say that. Yeah, it was kind of. <laughs> 13 points per game is crazy. <laughs> on like 37 on like 37% from the field. Like I don't I don't like to I don't like to gas up the first 5 to 10 games of the yeah. season yet, but but when a guy that we know is usually averaging 25 and up on a regular in his sleep, now he's averaging 13 points, stuff like that. Like it's kind of it's it raises an eyebrow and the other day he i think the last game they played or second to last game they he played. got like 16 he, yeah. he got like 19 free throws so like yeah it's like i felt like it's funny i was watching it with the guys and i'm like yo the nba probably let him get his one game real quick because he complained a little bit but other than that james harden this is the new vibe like i think that i think that was a message you got your little one so. game like, you know what I'm saying? Don't don't act like you're not going to get a call because you still are James Harden and you still attract a lot of attention. So you're going to get calls. But the question is, <laughs> can you can you do that consistently and not rely on the call? Can you get your own bucket? Which I believe he can. It's just over the past few years, he's developed something that he now has to re redevelop in his in his toolbox. Yeah. And, like, it's just not James Harden, like, that's really affected by, I guess, like, not the rules, but, like, just the overall different vibe of the NBA this year. 
like um a lot of players scoring so far. I mean it's early in the season, but like a lot of players scoring is is down. Um defense is a much heavier emphasis this year. Like the defensive rating, the highest the lowest defensive rating in the league this year, I think is like 90 90 something point whatever at this point. So it's like defense is a really heavy emphasis. Um you're looking around the NBA, um, so far this season, fewest few freest fewest free throws per game ever, lowest field goal percentage since two thousand three, hmm. lowest three point percentage since two thousand, and lowest offensive rating since two thousand fourteen. So like defense is a much heavier emphasis this year. Guys are still getting adjusted to the new rules because like a lot of these guys they get into the rack and they're they may not be trying to go for um foul baiting but like they're just they're not going in there to score with the attempt to score more Facts. more so just to get the whistle and they're not getting that whistle so it's resulting in a lot of miss a lot more missed shots so a lot of guys scoring is down this year but i think i think over the year over the course of the season i think it will level out just as the guys just get more adjusted to it yeah these these i always looked at the first two to three weeks of the nba season as everybody got their sliders up you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is everybody's fresh. Everybody's, you know, been working on a certain part of their game and they showing it off right now. After those, after these first two to three weeks, then we'll see who are the guys that are really like that. So, but one player I did want to look at in terms of, I don't know if it's the rule change or if it's just a different aura he has now is Damian Lillard. Uh, his stats are not uh, what we are accustomed to, but I feel like it's a combination of both the 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 combination of him being in a in a state where he's thinking about his future he's also uh he's one of those players that also I wouldn't say relied on the calls but he definitely went for them on his pull-ups for sure so you know I'm looking at that and and I'm like okay Dame you're 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 kind of on that list now too so only averaging 19 right now, but you know we know that's gonna go up because he's due for a big game. So and he's sh- he's shooting pretty bad from the three point line this year 20 26 percent. Yeah, exactly. So you know guys are guys are guys that usually chuck up those three point shots are and they're not dropping without a call. Now we're starting to see the effect of it. But you know I believe Damian Lillard is that guy to to get right. Uh, James Harden. Uh, I think we all have to look at him more. Trey Young, Luca. You know we guys we just gotta watch it see how they adapt because these guys can get buckets. It's just how are they going to now adapt to, I would call it the better version of the NBA. Yeah. I, I like this. I like this version of the NBA defense more um, focused. I felt like a lot of guys were able to just score at will last the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And like, it led to like, I know a lot of people don't want to hear, but like a lot of inflated stats by a lot of guys because like they were just defense was not an emphasis a lot of freedom of movement was more of the emphasis or let guys score at will without more defensive pressure and now you're seeing like the defensive pressure is dialed up and guys are finding it a little bit more difficult to score I mean some guys they're still scoring at will and you know shout out to those guys like guys like Steph I don't think Steph is even playing that well but like He's still being able to score at will. John Morant is scoring at will. Kevin Durant, Giannis, mm-hmm. like Paul George, those dudes are scoring at will. So it's like, I think over time, like dudes will find their rhythm from the three point line and whatnot. So like, I think a lot of this stuff will balance out. But so far, it's just been like 
it's been a nice it's been a nice welcome change to to the to the NBA because it felt like a lot of guys were just being able to do whatever, and now it's like now you got to work for your buckets. So, um, let's talk about some some and oh, before I even get into the next thing, just like it just seems like a lot more teams are more competitive this year too. Because of like everything being balanced out, so it's like games are more fun, games are closer. It's not like there's a whole bunch of blowouts. Like you yeah. feel like there's no gimme games this year between teams anymore. Yeah, because now the the lesser teams that we would we as fans would look at as oh, okay, that's a gimme game, that's an easy W for you. They're now uh, they're definitely getting better, and you know the NBA is transitioning. It's no longer the veterans that are running this league, so. We are we are still in that transition, and most of these young players in these in these uh, low lesser market cities are starting to put on, and realizing that you know they're not afraid of uh, the big names anymore. So that's how I look at it when we talk about competition. In the past, we 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 can tell when a team or a player just just feels like, all right, I can't do nothing against this guy or these group of guys, and I don't see that in the NBA no more. NBA, I believe, all these younger guys coming in. And the way the lesser teams are are shaping their teams now, it's it's becoming more competitive for that reason. They're starting to look at it as okay, we're not just gonna remember the tanking years where everybody was just like, all right, we we going for the picks at this point. So like, I don't see that anymore. Like, I see I see the bad teams actually trying to win with good enough players. So I think that's where that comes from. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's get into um some early season surprises. Hey, <laughs> you want uh, to kick this off? Yeah, I'll, I'll kick it off. Uh, I got a couple teams that I want to say I'm. I want to say I'm surprised that. Uh, number one, I am slightly surprised at how at how the Chicago Bulls look. Not too much of a surprise because I did have them making the playoffs for a first time in a while. But the way the way Caruso, the way DeRozan, Zach, Lonzo, Vucevic, they all look like a that looks like a well put together team that could be better than just an eighth seed, in my opinion. I had them seven eight in the play in, something like that. Um, but they look like at least early, they look like a team that can actually make noise. If they get the right matchup, they can get to the second round. Only the right matchup though. Uh, second team, I guess, would be a surprise for me, would be the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I was not a believer of the hype that Golden State will return to championship form, um, which would be this year when everybody was saying next year. I was always saying wait on Clay, but even without Clay, they still look formidable just with Jordan Poole and Damian Lee progressing as players. And they still don't even have wise men back. So it's like, it's like, it's like, damn, like the Warriors are still that good. The system is still good enough for them to win games. Five and one, top of the Western Conference. Uh, and lastly, my third team as a surprise. Um, I guess I'll go with Boston in a sense, but it's not a good, it's not a good surprise. It's kind of a bad surprise. Uh, I'm just waiting for them to start gelling. 
um, with the loss of Kemba Walker, the offense is now predicated on the two-man hierarchy of Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. And Jalen Brown has had a couple good games this season. Jason Tatum had one good game so far. They're sitting at two and four, but I'm just waiting on them to start gelling more. But, yeah, those are my three surprises, two good ones, one bad one. But I believe Boston will get their act together. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, with with, with Chicago, um, I kind of saw this early season um, success because their schedule is, like, super easy. Played the Pistons twice, um, Pelicans and Toronto. Um, they did beat the Jazz, which is a pretty good opponent to to beat. That was the mm-hmm. only good team that they beat this season. They did play my Knicks. They lost That's a fact. after they tried to come back. But, you know, that boy was... RJ put the clamps on DeRozan at the end. So <laughs> that was over with. My boy RJ, facts, word. <laughs> but, yeah, I kind of expected the Bulls to start off that good. I think, like, as they, they right now they're about to go through a hellish stretch of their schedule where they play in, they play in only playoff teams. Mm-hmm. For the for like for like the next month straight, no yeah. breaks in between. So it's yeah. like they got a really tough schedule. This is where would, that's really what's gonna make or break them. I think so far early this this season, and it's early. I know it's so early to say that, but it's like after you played a, like a, a couple easy teams to start the year, it's like once you start playing those real contenders, those real playoff teams, that's when it's really gonna get interesting and see what you really made of. So I see what I see what you're saying there with Golden State. I was I was pretty high on Golden State coming into this year just because like they just put smarter players on the team next to Steph in Steve Kerr's system and that's all you really need. They brought back Iguodala. They brought in Otto Porter Jr. Um, Jordan Poole took a leap. Um, Definitely. Nemanja Bjelica is a smart player. Like they just brought in smart guys that just know their roles and know what to do, and mm-hmm. it just simplifies everything because guys like Kelly Oubre, Kent Bazemore. Not the smartest. They're not the brightest bulbs in the in the, in the, in the in the. They're not the sharpest tools in the tool shed. So it's like that is very true. So like yeah, like the offense that Steve Kerr wants to run, you need guys that are gonna make quick decisions and really smart. And they did. They filled out their roster with those type of players, and you're seeing the success right now. It's just like everyone just like feeds off the 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 gravity and the energy of Steph. So they, yeah, I feel, I feel like Golden State found a couple. Uh, they they found a third splash brother. It could, I feel like it's Jordan Poole, but but yeah, those two guys off the bench, Lee and Poole, are just phenomenal in my opinion. They those young guys are going to be here to stay. Yeah, I just I just need Poole to shape up that shooting because so far from three, it's looking really bad. Twenty four percent. Like he, he was hot in the preseason. <laughs> he was hot, and that's the thing that's weird to me because a lot of the dudes that was hot in the preseason. They like struggling now, so it's like I don't know what it is. If like real pressure of the games is like, mm-hmm. they starting to count now, right? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if that's what it is, but yeah. Um, for me, my early season surprises. Um, Charlotte. I wasn't so high on Charlotte coming in this year just because I didn't think like their depth was that good, but somehow they're still getting things done. Um, Miles Bridges has, I don't want to say he's come out of nowhere because towards the end of last year, he was starting to show this type of potential. And like this year, it's coming on in full swing. So it's like. His game looks more complete than just dunking yeah, the ball. Yeah. It's like he's able to shoot from three and like. Better handle. 
better handle, rebounding the ball better. Just like it's just like an overall change in his game from what we're used to, and it's just like it's it's a, it's good to see these young guys developing, and then you see he's got that chemistry with Lamelo Ball. Yeah, Gordon Hayward's able to provide for them, so it's like they got they got a fun team. They probably one of the most fun teams to watch early in the season. So, oh no, yeah, for my league pass, I definitely if they if they're playing, I'm looking to watch. Yeah, that's, that's just facts. And they got like a whole bunch of young dudes that they don't even play, but like they coming up in the in the, in in in, the, in their development system. So it's gonna be interesting to see. How they progress over this year and like heading into next year, what they do because they got like guys like James Booknight, they got um Kai Jones, Scotty Lewis, JT Thor, like a whole bunch of those dudes that just they don't get minutes, but like if you saw them during like the summer league or like if you saw them in college, you know their games are like they they're legit. So they just needed playing time. Yeah, and I don't think they're gonna get it. A dude like James Brago, he's not really gonna play. Rookies like that. You saw last year, it took him a while to start LaMelo. So it's like, uh-huh. you got to earn your way with him. And, you know, that's that's cool or whatever. Um, another early season surprise for me is, let me take a look. Because I have a couple. I just want to. Um, I would say. The no, I, I would save the Clippers for another portion. Well, actually, mm, I'm gonna save them for another portion. Wizards, Wizards are a surprise to me. Oh, I don't know how I overlooked them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the Wizards. I was like, they're like they're five a, and one, right? Yeah, they're five and one. I and to begin the season and before the season started in my season preview pod, I was like, I'm like so iffy on them just because it's like. I know offensively they're going to be good, but, like, defensively I was just, like, I don't know what they're going to provide me. So it's, like, I was just all on the fence with them. But, like. I mean, defensively is so bad. Yeah, but, like, when you got the off. See, the thing is, too, with their offensive firepower, like, Beal isn't even playing that well, and they're still 5-1. and one, So it's, like. Number Spencer Dinwiddie. Montrez has bugged out a couple games. <laughs> Kuzma's been playing really well. He's like top ten in like rebounding. You know, at so, like eleven, like twelve rebounds a game or something like that. So it's like, and they still, yeah, they got the they got the Lakers castaways with Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, and their bench that was always serviceable. So it's like, and then your star player is not playing. That's that's what I'm not playing, but like not playing, playing well. Potential, yeah. That's that's the part that's getting me because it's like. I agree, though, because the Wizards, when you look at it, when they got that trade with uh, Russell Westbrook and all that other stuff with the Lakers, we'd even look at the we'd even look at the Wizards as somebody that would make some type of noise or, you know, we looked at the Wizards like, all right, yeah, they're just another team. They got a bunch of castaways. We'll see what happens. But I mean, they've looked good. They've beaten some some quality teams, some not so good teams. So uh, if I'm they've beaten the Celtics twice. Yep, uh, lost to they beat Atlanta, lost to Brooklyn, lost beat Indiana and beat Toronto. So I guess the two to three quality wins against Boston and Atlanta. Uh, yeah, like I mean, I like the Wizards. That's a good pick. Yeah, and like for me, it's like they 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 improved their depth by doing that Westbrook trade because like now they have way more guys to just rely on instead of just like Westbrook and Beal. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You got Dinwiddie, you got you got Kuzma, 
You got KCP, he can go off some nights. You got Montrez. And then, like, they don't even have probably their best big man in Thomas Bryant back. Facts, he was injured. They don't even have Rui Hachimura back. I didn't even know he was injured, for real. He's not injured, but, like, he stepped away for mental health reasons. I so, didn't. oh, I gotta look into that. I didn't even know. Yeah, he's that. been out since like preseason, I think. So, mm. once they get that back, that those two guys, like, if they continue playing the way they're playing right now, yeah, because Hashimura was a little bucket. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Yeah, he was he was developing pretty well, and Thomas Bryant was always a really solid center for them too. So it's mm-hmm. like Thomas Bryant was a fantasy monster. If you yeah, had good fantasy, gets boards gets about twenty points. Yeah, he he was a fantasy monster. So when he comes back, and like if the Wizards keep playing like this, they could they could make some noise. They could make some noise, and it's good to get ahead of the the rest of the East because the the Nets the Nets not moving me right now. They're really not. <laughs> I <laughs> like mean, they're, they're not the moving Nets, me. I mean, not. We, we we know what happened in the off season and what's going on right now. It's just you expect you expect better, but one star is struggling, the other one is looking like his regular self. So. It, uh, and their depth is not that good. I got killed on Twitter like before the season started for suggesting that this team, this Brooklyn team's depth was what was worse than what Russ and Katie had during their last couple of years in OKC. I'm like, yes, this is worse because they have a bunch of old dudes and they have a bunch of scrubs on the bench that are not really doing anything. Like, okay, you're relying on Lamarcus Aldridge to like Lamarcus Aldridge has been fine this year. Whatever, DeAndre would... Bembry, he's providing you two points per game. Bruce <laughs> Brown. Like Bruce whatever, Brown, uh, yeah, he, he does what yeah. he does hustle wise, but like Javon Car- Carter, like what is he doing? One point per game, like this is the depth the, that they was the, they, they was preaching to me about. I I agree. I never liked the uh, Brooklyn Nets depth. Uh, they probably had a better depth last season. Yeah, um, they did. But in terms of the guys that they have, like you James said, James Johnson, point eight points per game. Like, come on, like they don't play him is, though. To his defense, they don't play him barely. But, they played him a couple games, I think. But one name that I really never liked when the Nets signed him was Paul Millsap. And <laughs> I was on Facebook, right? Because I still use my Facebook. So, you know, some I just use my Facebook for, for, for giggles and some sports news. So it's like when when I saw that signing happen, I'm like, he's soft. Like, he's not what he is anymore. I always looked at Paul Millsap as a player that that that. On the Hawks, he did what he had to do, but against other players, and ever since he left the Hawks, he hasn't been, you know, a real threat. Like I don't look at Paul Millsap as when he gets on the floor, I must watch him at all times. That is not how I look at him. Granted, he can hit threes, he can space the floor, stretch four, hit the bull sometimes, but I when I when they signed him, I'm like, nah, yeah, y'all just trying to y'all just trying to get veteran leadership, but there's there's a there's a key to getting the right veterans, and I don't think Paul Millsap was one of them. And then Paul Millsap and Lamarcus Aldridge are almost the same player. Paul Millsap got a better range, but almost the same player. Slow footed, live in the mid range in the in the three, and don't really play much defense. And you don't want that with a team that they have. You want somebody that got at least locked down and get buckets. And none of those two big men can. So it's like you trying to rely on Nicholas Claxton, who's just a lob threat. He's a he's a he's good in the interior, but they're looking at they looking at Jared Allen like we should have never traded him. Looking at Dim Witty like should have never gave him up. The probably one great signing the Nets have is Patty Mills. 
Yeah, yeah. and thank God they got him because if they didn't have him, who knows who would be playing point guard for? Uh, said, who knows who's really gonna be playing point guard? Like, like, like the Nets got their own problems, but you know it's superstar related, it's bench related. Uh, but you and, know, and they don't move me. So like, right now, like the East for me after Milwaukee, because like Milwaukee looks like they in like a championship hangover a little bit right now. So like, I think they'll get it together soon. But like, nah, they'll get right. I know. They yeah, will. but like after Milwaukee, it's like. All right, East is up for grabs. Whoever is going to take it the most serious is going to have it. Like, because the East is definitely a toss up right now. It's like you got the Knicks up there, you got Miami, you got Chicago. Those teams they threaten in for that two two. I I say two to two to four spot because Brooklyn yeah, is. Yeah, like, I agree. I agree. Because Brooklyn's not looking serious right now. Like and I know Philly, it's early in the season, but like. Brooklyn, Philly, Philly, you don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. I always been low on Philly. I told people this. I'm low on Philly. There's a Ben Summit, there's a Ben Simmons sized hole there. If they don't fill it with Ben Simmons or a return for Ben Simmons, like it's just they just don't move me. Yeah, because you see you see Joel trying to initiate offense and that's not his game. Bro, they had I was watching their game against the Knicks and like they had Furk on Korkmaz like trying to initiate the offense for them and it's just like a catch and shoot trying to dribble around like I don't get like, it like so, like what are you doing like that just that's, that's not it so like they they don't move me right now like for right now I know it's early in the season but like East is up for grabs until like these teams start showing me like they for real um and then my last surprise I think I would go with um. Um, I try not to fall for like the early season hype of the stats, but I'm not even gonna give it to a team. I'm gonna give it to a player. Okay. Um, John Morant, he been playing really well. That's really funny how you bring that name up. The ne- <laughs> the next like episode of well, not the next one that I drop, but in the next coming episodes of SRL, uh, one of my mans, Vano, he he made a take on John Morant. And I'm gonna I'm tell you, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give you a sneak peek of it. Like I'm gonna let your uh, your fan base see if we're correct here, uh, or if he is correct. And uh, over these past few games, Vano was like, John Morant is a top five point guard in this league. I mean, as of right now, like the way he's playing, if he continues to play like this for like over a course of a whole season, yeah, I'd say that probably. Because when you look at it, you have. Uh... You got Damian Lillard, you got Steph Curry, you got Chris Paul. Uh, and then after that, it gets a little murky because, of course, Kyrie ain't playing. Trey Young. That's crazy. We didn't even bring up Trey Young in my discussion. <laughs> uh, and then there's um, who was like, dude, but I gotta give him credit. So, no, no, yeah, yeah. I don't know how I missed him in my discussion. That's crazy. Now I gotta look back at my, yeah, that's crazy. But, um, yeah, Trey Young, and then there's you know there's a toss up because Kyrie's not playing, Jamal Murray's hurt, Russell Westbrook isn't looked at as a top five point guard anymore, and yeah, so it's like hmm, I could put him there, but if two players were, if one player in Kyrie was just on the court, he's not top five. So, but John Morant is a great, I like that name because he he's giving me. I forgot who said it. I think it was Michael Wilbon on one of these shows. He's like a part of him, a part of him when he watches John Morant sees a little bit of Allen Iverson 
just the toughness, the grittiness, the 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 unwillingness to fold in the brightest of lights. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, like John Morant, like I like your I like your pick for that. Uh, he's oh man, he's he's looking real different. He's hooping. I don't yeah, even like that, John Morant either because like. On Twitter, he's mad annoying and mad corny, and he tweets like he's he tweets he tweets like he's a Facebook bot. But like, I gotta give it to him: tw- almost twenty nine points per game, almost eight assists per game, shooting thirty eight percent, thirty nine percent from three. When the three pointers was a weakness of his, yeah, and, you know he's like he's basically carrying this Memphis squad because like I think this is all a result from what he did in the playing last year. And the playoffs too. I remember he had like that thirty something point game against yeah. the, the Jazz. Yeah, like I think I think once he got into the bright lights and realized, oh, I, I'm I'm like that. I can do this. I'm here. Like the like, confidence. Yeah, like certain people in this world, you got to be able. Certain certain people believe they got to do it. Like they believe they can do do certain things, but when they, they got to see it first. Yeah, they got to see it. They got to be in person with it. Like, okay, I really just like okay, all right, boom. This is how the game is looking, and. Once he went up, I think the matchup with Steph is what clicked because, of course, certain players, when they see Steph, you know, they either get mesmerized by the three-point shooting or they go at him. And he went at him and yep. got the better of him. So then he did that and then went to Donovan Mitchell and put up a fight. So it's it's like, okay, all right, cool. you, I'm solidified. I, I made it to the playoffs. I didn't get out the first round. But now it's, now it's time to get right. Now it's time to build on that. And He's he clearly did not have a regular offseason. He went he was in the gym. Um, and one thing, I guess, for just for like uh, for later substances, like I, I, I like to see him uh, develop that mid range, work the mid range a lot because uh, he, he attacks the basket with ferocity. He has a couple, you know, catch and shoot three pointers that he has to work on, but it's getting better. So the, the I guess the next step is to live and die by the mid range. Cause I feel like he's a player that can do that and have a lot of impact while doing that. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from John Morant is, is he top five though? I don't really know, but <laughs> he's, he's putting on right now. He is. And he's like living in the paint. I think he's averaging like 18.8 points per game in the paint. They can't keep up with him. And like a lot of people was like, Oh, how, um, like, the new rules are affecting players and whatnot. But, like, John Morant is, like, one of the smaller guards in the league, and he's still able to dominate in the paint. So, like, whatever excuse you got for whatever other star that's, like, not really doing well with these new calls and whatnot and the physicality of the of the game right now, just look at what John Morant's doing and just, like, you got to reconsider. Yeah, some, some players like physicality. They feed off of it. And some players, once they feel it, they feel like they need a call from it. And John Morant reminds me of a player that he 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 likes the physicality he likes to be able to to get down and dirty where he's not technically supposed to be as a guard but you know that like he like remember like there was a kobe quote uh, about carmelo anthony and he was saying how uh, carmelo loves the physicality like when he was physical with carmelo it's like carmelo got better because of it in those playoff matchups that they had so i look at ja like he just He's just getting better because of the times, the physicality, and his intensity. His intensity has gone up. I, I don't know if you've seen that from him, but it's just is it's it's the it's the what's the word? It's the maturation process. And uh 
I'm loving what I'm seeing. Yep. I mean, you just like to see these young players um progress. It furthers the game. It makes it makes the product more more enjoyable like that too. Just seeing like the spread of talent across the the league. Um, yeah. So let's let's get into some early season disappointments. Ah oh, man. Uh, you can go first on this one. Um. So for me, early season disappointment. So far, the Clippers. I, I thought they'd be why. better. I, I I thought they'd be better. I thought they'd be better than one and four. Honestly, I mean, just because like I thought like Ty Lue would have something in place where like the offense gets the other guys more involved, but it's just like guys aren't making shots right now, and I thought they'd be better than that. I thought like the depth the depth of the team was pretty okay to withstand. Um, to withstand um Kawhi not being there, but I guess it's not. I mean, they still missing Sergi Baca. He hasn't come back yet from his um back surgery. Facts. Um, he been gone for like half a year, bro. Yeah, Terrence Mann is he's playing all right, but like he could play better. Reggie Jackson ain't the same from the playoffs. That dude is gone. And you know, <laughs> he's not like dude was shooting out of this world in the playoffs. Now he's shooting you like thirty percent from the field. Remember? Yeah, true, true. But like you know, he's shooting thirty one percent from the field, twenty nine percent from three. Like it's just bad, bro. Guys playing for contracts it never fails, bro. Football, basketball, even baseball. Like when when That's guys are on them to me. Yeah, it's weird to me, but it's like you can't you can't you can't front on it, but it's like, bro, all right, you got the bag now, so like what's up? But you know, everyone's different. Marcus Morris too, I thought he would play better. Like I saw him as a number one option in New York, put up like nineteen points per game on like forty seven percent from three. Marcus is still on the Clippers? Yeah. So it's his brother that's on Miami. Yeah, Marquise. Oh, okay. I'm bugging. Yeah, but I thought Marcus would play better. You know, he's kind of used to having more offensive capabilities, ball in his hands more, especially that half year that he was in New York. He really was like, he was scoring the ball pretty well. Like, like I said, like almost 19 points per game on 47% from three. Now he's shooting 27% from three this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe it will balance out. And, you know, it's still early in the year, so he could still get the percentage up, but like, I thought these guys just would produce more, and so far they haven't. So it's just like they're they're disappointed to me for that. Um, another disappointment: the other LA team, the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, what is there to be disappointed about? I mean, just like the the way Frank Vogel goes about like rotations, utilizing the team. Yeah, like you would think he'd like. He'd learn from the Andre Drummond thing last year, but you know, some like, a lot of coaches they just stuck in their ways. So it's like, mm. but yeah, they've had some wins that they've had some losses that that could have been avoided, like especially the OKC one. OKC was trying to lose that game at the end of the game. <laughs> OKC is tanking, dog. They're yeah. tanking. Russell Westbrook and AD blew a 26-point lead to a team that wants to lose. I don't get that. Yeah, that 26-point lead was egregious, the way they blew that lead. But, 
you're right though they 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 haven't looked the best but at the same time i don't really i don't really see the sudden surprise because we knew once they decided not to trade for buddy healed and decided to trade for russell westbrook it was going to be ups and downs rough very rough you get what i'm saying just because of how russell has looked the past couple of years in terms of his play style and of course how he fits around a lebron james led squad two guys who love to to, to handle the rock so I'm not surprised at the struggles. I'm more so surprised at uh, the rotations that's being put on the floor in terms of offensively. Defensively, I feel like they'll get it together because Frank Vogel is defensive-minded. So this is a new team, so he'll put that into them. But offensively, my concern was that I, the only thing I was disappointed was, like, for one for one thing, you can't have Rondo and Westbrook on the court together. I don't so think dumb. That, I don't so think that dumb. works. <laughs> I don't know who told Frank Vogel it was okay to have that multiple times throughout the game and multiple games, but that's a no-no. Uh, just for the the simple thing, two non-shooters, two ball handlers, and two drivers. So it's like when one drives and kicks to the other, are we really going to depend on the other to hit down a shot? Not really. That's just not schematically. That's not smart. Uh, next is more so... Who else? I mean, the 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 addition of Melo is what I want to focus on because he's I saw Melo man. Oh man, happy to see it. But having Melo, I think like they're trying to have Melo in crunch time, which is fine as a death lineup. That's great, but he doesn't play much defense anymore. And then having they're trying to they're trying to put the bench role with Russell and and uh, and Carmelo. Uh, like the rotations just look scum- like very sporadic. Like you can you can play with it, you can you know try to see what works. But if you keep going back to a lineup that you've seen in the past two to three four games are not working, why continue to go back to it? That's just that's the concerns I have with the Lakers. It's not per per se Russell Westbrook because I already know Russell is gonna change his game to adapt. I already know he can adapt. It's more so about his knockdown shooting. But, of course, that's a tall task for a guy that's been shooting 27% for the past couple of years. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm disappointed, but it's not something I never expected. This is a whole new roster again. <laughs> it's like every two years, Braun recycles a different roster just because of how much he emphasizes winning and how much of a player he is. So, you know, what are we looking at? Two and Two and four? three and three right now so it's like i mean yeah we could have we supposed to be okc uh what was the other loss um we beat san antonio so what was the other loss before i forget so we lost to phoenix yeah golden state phoenix and okc all winnable games but I'm not really worried. We've only played the only teams. We've played three good teams, three bad teams, and we're three and three. So, I mean, would I like to be four and two, five and one? Yeah, but I'm not that concerned. I'm just, you know, I want to see better lineups that make sense. And, of course, we still have injuries. So, to these old veterans that they have on these squads. So, uh, yeah, I, I saw that coming. That doesn't surprise me. 
I mean, that was one of the first things I called. Losing Trevor story. Ariza was kind of crazy. Like off the bat, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Uh, Tht, I like him. No um, Kendrick Nunn either. Like yeah, Kendrick Nunn. Like, he was playing in the preseason, and then next thing you know, he can't. Like you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, the Lakers are the Lakers, bro. They're they're always gonna have eyes on them just because of the players they have now. And I like I said, it's not disappointment. I'm just in, it's not disappointment in play, but more so disappointment in lineups. Because a lineup lineups are part of it, and it's like if you can't find a proper balance of scoring, then that's why you're losing games. You shouldn't. Yeah. Um. Another disappointment for me early this season is um. You kind of said it in one of your surprises. It's the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. And like the way they play, because I, I have a lot of they, I have a lot of their fans as, as mutuals on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And like I noticed, like a lot of the complaints are the same. It's like when Jalen Brown has it rolling, they just still feed Tatum, even though Tatum don't have it rolling. So at opening night, Tatum had he had um against Jaylen the Knicks, had, like, right? He had like forty six, but like there were certain stretches where like Jalen wasn't touching the rock, and like it was like Tatum just trying to get himself in rhythm, and it just wasn't working, bro. Even on the even on the Marcus Smart game tying shot that's sent it to OT. The ball did not find Brown's hands, and he was he was calling for it. So, yeah. But remember, it's the it's the it's 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 Jason Tatum's team. What it's they have to figure out that the uh, how they're gonna play this. The tandem is the tandem, but they have to surround the tandem with proper talent. And like, yeah. Speaking of the proper talent, um, I mean the roster is the roster is meh to me. It's and always, I said that, it's and, like I said, that and I said that before the season too. I just wasn't sold on it. It's like Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, Dennis Schroeder, Josh Richardson, Jabari Parker, Ennis Cantor, Al Horford. <laughs> These names, they don't move me. I mean they don't move me at all. Didn't they just pick up Al Horford again? Yeah, and like when they made that move, I was like should never, okay, should never let me go. Okay, I guess, but like, they maybe they should have done another year of the Kemba thing because Kemba looks really good right now. But like, also Kemba's role is less now here in New York. So you think it's less? Knows? Yeah, I think Kemba doesn't have to do as much now. Like a lot of Kemba's looks now in New York are way simpler looks. Like I mean, they're simple just... because there are there are other. I mean, I see what you're saying, but I feel like Kemba still has. Almost the same role where it's like you your job is to score and and move the ball. And like, I think he's just healthier now too with Kemba. Oh yeah, that that's definitely a part of it because every time it's knee or no knee. So but yeah, I, I mean Kemba the Celtics, they've always uh how do I how do I look at it? The past few years, since the whole Kyrie thing and then trying to replace it with the whole Kemba thing, they the two the two or my fault. The three core players are Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. And they haven't found a proper balance. Like they have guys that can do the hustle plays, like uh uh Grant Williams, I think his name is. Um and uh they gave away Semi Ozole. Uh Robert Williams is their big man, but I don't I haven't seen him much. I probably haven't watched enough Boston Celtic games, but now nah, he's been hurt for a couple games. So yeah, like so, all of the guys that they've had are like average players besides their three core guys. 
Well, even I'll Marcus go. Smart is hella average too. Like he's hella average, but remember when he couldn't shoot a lick? Now it's good. You feel me? So well, this season he can't <laughs> shoot anymore either. Nah, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't 20, say that. He's shooting twenty five percent from the field this I year. I know, I know, I know. It's early though. It's early, so it's I don't early, think that, but like I don't think that's gonna stick. You feel me? So like, still, uh, Marcus Smart not moving me yet. Like, if he's playing point guard, I am happy as hell if I'm the other team. Nah, he doesn't Seriously. move you. He doesn't move you as a scoring threat, but he's like a connector. Like he he moves the ball efficiently, yeah. and he and he well, moves the ball sometimes. I will say because I see a lot of Celtics fans they be pissed as hell when he starts chucking up threes. I mean, yeah, because he it's like it's like you're on the court for a reason, so you kind of have to do those things. And plus, he did improve from what he used to be. So it's it's not like he can just sit at the three point line and not take a shot. You feel me? Or like better off sitting in the corner he's shooting from everywhere he has he kind of has no choice but the celtics they're they're like a they're a team that was supposed to be contending for championships since what about 2018 2019 yeah and they've always just been that close but at the same time that far uh and you know they have to figure out how to properly build around their two stars because if they can't do that, one of them will be gone. And, you know, the word on the street is, you know, via fans and just what seems what seems like a likelier choice. Jalen Brown might be out the window via trade or free agency. So, you know, they just signed him a couple of years ago, if I'm correct. You know what I'm saying? So they the, the Celtics, they're just they're like in the in limbo almost like they 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 can be great, but it's going to take a lot for them to be great. It's going to take great performances simultaneously from their two stars. And we haven't seen that from them. We've always seen one go off and one have a subpar game. Always flip-flop, flip-flop. Until we see synchronization from those two guys, I don't think the Boston Celtics will get that far. Yeah, because they haven't been able to. Those two guys haven't been able to have a good game together this year. So Probably too that, much ball, ball hugging. Who knows? Yeah, and like... um. The coach just has to get a handle on that. And I think the coach made a comment the other day or Al Horford made a comment the other day about, like, the team just, like, not giving effort some nights. And, like, that's been a common theme throughout the last couple of years of the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown um, teams. So it's like you just wonder what's going on over there in Boston where dudes just don't give effort some nights and, like, why is the effort inconsistent? And I don't know. I really don't know because I'm not. I don't follow the Boston Celtics like that. And I I see a lot of like what their fans say, and like their fans aren't that happy because like the last couple of years have just been kind of. It's just been like a steady. It's been a steady decline from what they were supposed to be to now. So it's just like this new coach has to figure it out, and Brad Stevens has to figure it out because he's the he's the he's in the front office now. He used to be the coach, so he knows these guys pretty well. So they just got to figure it out. And it's a long season, so who knows? But we'll see what happens over the next the next couple months leading into All-Star break and trade deadline and see what they do there. I, um, so I you want to give your disappointments? Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm looking around the league and, I mean, there's not much to be disappointed about because most of these teams are either in like 
the middle of the pack type of thing where they're trying to figure out what kind of team they're going to be for the rest of the year. And, uh, I mean, definitely disappointed in the Pelicans, though. Definitely. Yeah, just because. I expected that. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. Did I expect them to be, like, top five, six, seven in the standings right now? No. But did I expect them to be one and six? No. (laughs) Because, like, I mean, number one, their roster. Number two, uh, there's a concern with Zion. So I wouldn't call that a disappointment. That's just a concern because injuries is looking like might derail his career. But, you know, knock on wood, hopefully he's all right. But I like the addition of Devontae Graham. Uh, and Brandon Ingram took a jump uh, a year ago, and I was expecting a little bit of a bigger jump. Um, granted, he is now the only or lone scoring threat, like definitively on this squad. Yeah. So I see why you're probably not as disappointed because, of course, they did lose Lonzo. Uh, and yeah, but I don't know. This team, their roster compared to compared to a couple years ago is no longer what it is because I remember J.J. Redick retired after a year. Uh, and of course, Lonzo, they have Valentunas now. Zion's hurt, and then everybody else are just, just you know, just regular guys. Not to be disrespectful, but you know, no, no, no. That's what they are. They're regular guys. Like, <laughs> that's what they are. They probably know they're regular guys too. Like, like when they know you, what it is. You feel me? So there's like two to three names that stand up on this roster, and they're like, okay, they can produce, and then everybody else is like, what can you do for me? And we don't know. And it's, it's funny you saying this too because I was on Twitter listening to uh, Pelican Space the other day. A bunch of Pelicans fans they were just like, they were just basically like venting, talking about like what to do with the team going forward, like what guys should the team move, and like who's to blame for certain stuff. And I, well, someone had brought up. I think it was one. I think it was someone actually knew too. Someone had brought up um, David Griffin. He's the one to blame for. I thought all, about that too. All of but. this, dude, sucks at everything he does. Remember the funny, the funny how you say David Griffin because coming out of Cleveland, he had actually had a good. Um, he had, he, people were saying a lot of good things about him. Well, that was because of LeBron. LeBron tax. Great, granted, granted, <laughs> right, granted. Uh, but you know, he came here. He got the. He got the house. He got the house he wanted after the after the Anthony Davis trade. Like he got, yeah, pieces. He, got he was set up. He, he got was set up for success. And, exactly, pieces, picks, and young guys on the roster. Got the number one pick in Zion. Zion needs to be Zion. So that's not really David Griffin's fault. But in filling out the rest of this roster with trades or picks or free agent signings, don't He's get me done wrong. Awful. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. I don't think anybody really wants to come to New Orleans like that. He signed Devontae Graham. You let Lonzo walk for nothing. Uh, and everybody else are just guys you signed or picked up in summer league or something like that. Like, I don't see I don't see a build in your roster. Like, I'm looking at a bunch of just a bunch of guys for real. Like, I might not know some of them because I haven't, you know, watched Pelicans ball enough. Or nah, nah, watched. nah, nah. It's all good. A lot of people don't know who who's on the Pelicans either. Right, like, like, like I probably haven't watched a couple of these guys. I know, like college. six or seven dudes on the team, and that's about it, probably. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I know about, like, I know Nikhil Alexander. I know he, I know what he about. I know Devontae Graham. I know what he about. I know Josh Hart. I know Jackson Hayes. 
Willie Hernan Gomez don't get much playing time, but I know what he do. That's Brandon Ingram. What's that? That's four guys. One, two, three, four, five. Without counting Zion. And then there's Jonas Valanciunas, but he got traded for Steven Adams, so I don't think he really want to be there, but he's quietly averaging like a double-double right now. Uh, yeah, he always puts he always puts up his numbers. Feel me? So it's like, other than that, and I had to, I had to, I had to really go down the list to name some of these guys because some of these guys don't really need to be named because they're not impact players like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, New Orleans. If it's not a disappointment in play, it's a disappointment in, like you said, management and filling out the roster. Yeah, because San Antonio looks better than them, even though they're not much off from them. Uh, Sacramento looks better than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, freaking the Rockets look better than them with their young roster, like. OKC looks better than like like these are all those last two teams that I just named both have one win, just like the New Orleans Pelicans. But you can literally look at their gameplay and say, okay, this will get better eventually. Like these these teams can put together some wins. Right now, I don't know how much wins the Pelicans can get, and if they're last in the if they're last in the West, that's that's gonna be a wake up call. And Zion, we already heard rumblings of Zion not wanting to be there anymore. And, uh, he never wanted to be there from the jump. You saw yeah, him on lottery night. Yeah, my boy wanted to be with the Knicks. That's a fact. <laughs> That's a whole fact. And anytime they bring up New York, my boy start cheesing mad hard. So it's yeah, like, bro, that's what happens when you in college and you play in March Madness in the Garden. That joint just start rocking for no reason. <laughs> and yeah, so he 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 don't want to be in New Orleans. He sees what's going on over there. He sees the. The future is bleak over there. There's not much happening over there. So exactly, bro. So you know. The Pelicans are my disappointment by 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 reason of roster. They haven't put together the the right team when they've had they had all those pieces. You had the superstar, you had the up and coming star in Brandon Ingram, you had the young star in 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 Zion, and then you have picks and players that can fill out the roster, and you did nothing. So that's my that's my one disappointment because when I look at the rest of the league, it's like okay. Everybody else just has growing pains. Orlando, we're not talking about Orlando like that. Indiana is Indiana. Detroit is Detroit. Cleveland looks I, but that's not a disappointment. You, you know what I'm saying? Because they're they're actually building out their roster, sort of, kinda. Um, that's just in the East. In the West, the West is always stacked, as we always know. And the only quote unquote disappointments are New Orleans, and that's about it. Because you expect what you expect to see from Houston and OKC, just by off of what their roster looks like and what they've been through the past couple of years. OKC won't be like this anymore because they have too much picks sitting around just to be at the bottom of the West for the next couple of years. Like I don't see that. So yeah, Pelicans got to get their act together. Yep. So what's your next disappointment? Uh, Next disappointment. I mean, I don't really have another one. If I wanted to go to just to just, you know, for variety, Portland is a disappointment. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because I don't, they, I don't think they've disappointment in making moves to keep Damian Lillard, even okay. though, even though Damian Lillard, you know, came out on a track the other day on a freestyle talking about I'm gonna stay she loyal. Was and all. I didn't she think was it was awful. I didn't think it was awful. You gotta chill. Nah, that shit was trash. <laughs> I had him rapping about loyalty, dude. Shut up, just hoot, man. Nah, yeah, that's what I'm saying though. Like, like that's what I'm saying though. He's 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 preaching the loyalty now, but like he said in the beginning of the season, they haven't done anything 
that would scream a reason for Damian Lillard to stay. And yeah, like it's disappointing because I don't know if you saw that uh, recently, but Chauncey Billups, of course, new head coach for them. He, he used the word embarrassed for one of their performances in a loss. And if your new coach is embarrassed already, that's that's not a good sign. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're a new coach, all the new coach is doing is, you know, getting on your good side. But because, I guess, it's Chauncey Billups and he has the respect of the league and everyone else, he probably looked at it and was like, that was not it. And I think, we, I think they lost to, uh, what was the last loss they had? Uh, I think the last loss was against the Clippers, and they lost by thirty. Uh, and then since then they've beaten the Clippers and and the Grizzlies, but yeah, I don't, you know, there hasn't been much turn in in Portland. It's the same group of guys, just a couple, you know, additions, couple losses, and I'm just disappointed that they haven't done enough to uh, persuade Damian Lillard, even though Damian Lillard already. Might just, you know, sit there for the rest of his career and end up being good with Arenas or as as a bad worst case scenario, he's good with Arenas. Great. Um, best case scenario, he ends up being uh Dirk Nowitzki and wins one chip where he beats everybody. You get what I'm saying? But I don't see that in his future. So I'm just disappointed in in the Portland as a whole in trying to keep their superstar who granted like he said on that little, you know, that little that, that little freestyle, his Achilles heel is him being loyal. And you could only be loyal to certain organizations, and I don't think Portland deserves his loyalty anymore. They used to. They used to, but not anymore because it seems like they're 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 content with being middle of the pack. You know, f- between the seeds of four to seven, making it to the playoffs, maybe win one or two games in the first round and then get up out of here. So, you know, that's my second disappointment. Other than that, I don't really have any more because everybody else is kind of at expectations or a little bit better. So uh, at least for my expectations. But, yeah, Portland and uh, New Orleans are my disappointments just because of management wise and how their roster hasn't turned over into something that both teams can be can be uh happy with yeah i mean yeah i said during i said during my preseason pods too like i I felt the same way about portland like the moves were nice like in a vacuum or without context but once you put them in context it's like (laughs) yeah they're nothing like it's like larry nance is a nice piece (laughs) <laughs> like defensively add some, some I never was I'm never a fan of that piece. I feel like he they just signed him to sign him. What was he really doing for you? He he's a good defensive piece, I think. Like defensive versatility he adds like that's he was part of the big reason why the Cavs were so good defensively in the beginning of last year. And once he got hurt, that's when you saw the Cavs defense fall off. So I think that's what they 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 traded for him for. And, you know, that's a nice piece if, like, you're adding on to, like, a team that you like, ready to contend. But, like, I don't think Portland is that. Nazir Little has, has been a nice surprise for them. I like that. Like, he's developed pr- pretty okay, considering how, like, Terry Stotts didn't want to play him the last couple of years. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, Anthony Simons looks okay. They, they t- To be fair, they are missing some key – I don't want to say key guys, but they're missing, like – they're missing Norman Powell, who was a big part of their, their end-of-season success last year. He's been out with, like, a knee injury. 
Um, I believe he has at least. <laughs> or was he playing? I don't even remember if he's been playing. No, he only played three games this year. But yeah. Um, and then Tony Snell, who was supposed to be like a, a some wing, Tony Snell, he's supposed to be some wing depth for them. Tony Snell's actually been low key a pretty decent rotation it. I, player. I, I don't want to hear it. I, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking about the justification for why like Portland would do the move. Tony <laughs> Snell's been a decent wing rotation player. Last year he shot like 50, 50, 100 from the field. 50, so, 50, 100. <laughs> yeah, it's great. How much? Don't get me wrong, but I'm. I'm I'm the I'm I've been watching like, Tony Snell play for a little minute. Either he's not moving me either, so yeah. it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah, word. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's nothing here that you know. There's no world beaters. There's no, there's no, there's nobody that 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 you gravitate to on a roster or even watching the game and be like, okay, if this guy does this a little bit more, if they if they incorporate this type of action, you know, this will be good for them. I don't see that in Portland like at all, like. For real, like they need a reset, but Dame Lillard won't allow them to do a reset. They don't want to do a reset. They want to be content with making the playoffs and and possibly barely getting to the second round. So, you know, I already like when in, in previous podcasts that me and you have had together, Damian Lillard has peaked. That team has peaked already. Yeah, it uh, peaked that 2019. Yeah. It was Western Conference Finals. Yeah, like you can't. They 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 had they had they had the champs on the ropes and they couldn't close the deal in not one game so i will continue to preach that with damian lillard and until he decides to get up out portland and go somewhere where his talents will be uh uh magnified and appreciated yep and hopefully he'll finally change his mind and stop rapping about loyalty and all that other bs because like i'm tired (laughs) of it like Nah, my just, son got just, bars. Just, just run from the grind already, dude, so that we we can just stop hearing those bars about it. So. My son got my son got bars too. <laughs> I think lastly, before we um before we head out, gotta talk about my Knicks. Hey man, the floor is yours. Go right ahead. <laughs> and I was I was there at the garden for opening night. I saw that. You, I was kind of jealous, <laughs> bro. That was like a spiritual experience, bro. Like. <laughs> opening night double ot is crazy bro i was thinking to myself like when i was there with my, my friends i was just like yo this was worth like who would have thought like the first game we go to for the season opening night is gonna be like game of the year probably for this season nah that was a signature win for you guys yeah because we set we set the tone we set the tone for the season we 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 could have ran away with that game if we closed it properly, honestly. But you know, it's always good to end to start the season off with some theatrics. You know, Julius Randle had a good good game, thirty five points, bullying the hell out of the Celtics down low. Um, RJ hit some timely threes, and speaking of timely threes, Evan Fournier had thirty two points, hit some timely threes. Like that was career just, high in the debut. Crazy. Yep. It was just a crazy game. Like I lost my voice that night. That's why I didn't do a pod for like a whole bunch of days. Cause like I, I was just recovering my voice and like trying to get my voice back because my voice was shot. Cause I was like screaming. Cause I I was worried. Cause after like the first overtime, I was like, man, I gotta get back to Jersey. I gotta get I gotta get back home just so I could get to work the next day. And it was just like it was crazy, but it, it was a good game. 
and then you know that kind of set the tone for the for the rest of the games because as you see they five and one now um highest offensive rating in the league so like the new addition so far they've they've helped us a lot Kemba Walker looking like steal of the offseason so far with that contract and the production that he's given us Evan Fournier has been playing really well my boy RJ had a career night last night 35 points against the Pelicans. Six of eight. I'm tight. I'm, I'm tight. I'm, I really missed those buckets from him, too. I was so tight. <laughs> well, yeah, my boy, he, he put in that work in the offseason. You know, people were saying that, oh, he's not really doing his thing this year. And, you know, he's starting to shut them up, starting with that Chicago game. Had a calm, like, 20, 20 points or whatever it was and had some great defense at the end of that game. And Pelicans game, closed it out on offense, hitting pull-up threes, all that good stuff. So, you know. Season season's looking pretty good for us so far, you know. We've we faced our fair share of um tough opponents, I think. A lot of people a lot of people have faced um they haven't had like a tough schedule or anything like that so far, but I think the Knicks have mm-hmm. had a, a pretty decent balance of teams. They played Boston, they played Philly, they played Chicago. So I think they've been battle tested so far. It's gonna be interesting to see how they go into this next month of games. It's not really like a lot of tough opponents, but it's still like let me let me let teams Asian slouch at. Let me let me tell you something about your Knicks, right? <laughs> uh, with our previous conversation, I always told, especially from from last year, I told you guys that uh, uh, the you what was I believe in the, with the whole thing of moving the goalpost and if they underachieved, mm-hmm. overachieved, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I was saying that they technically overachieved because they became a better team, and then you know what I'm saying. But I look at first impression of the Knicks so far. I like what I'm seeing. Granted, the NBA is better when the Knicks are playing because they're in a, they're they're a historic team. But when I look at the Knicks now, right, I look at almost a complete package. Almost. I can't say complete yet because you know you still have to prove some things against the better teams in the league. But as of right now, you are one of the better teams in the league, record wise. Um and you know, Stephen A said this. I don't like like recently, lately I haven't been, you know agreeing with everything Stephen A says. But when he said that minus the Nets and minus the Bucks, it's it's free game. Anybody can get it from the Knicks. I I wholeheartedly believe that just because of the additions they made and you know culture wise. You guys had a problem with you guys had a problem where you had too much big men. Now your big man situation is kind of fixed, right? Hopefully Mitchell Robb stays healthy. I know he rolled his angle the other day, but we'll see how that goes. Now he's um, good. He played the next game after that. Um, your guard play. A lot of Knicks fans didn't like Alfred Payton. He's gone now. And yep. y'all, got yourselves, y'all got yourselves a Kemba Walker, and you know, quickly still there. D Rose now doesn't have all of the the guard play uh, responsibilities on his shoulders. Um, all I'm saying is for the Knicks is you guys have a trajectory that you kind of have to stay on, and you you are in that point where you cannot. There's certain players you can't lose, and there's certain moves you you can't make. Like if you like, remember when y'all traded away everything for Carmelo, and then Carmelo got there, and there was nothing there for him to work with. Yeah, I Stoudemire. I fear. I hope I'm wrong. I fear you guys are on the way to do that again. I don't see. I don't see it. I don't see who they would do it for. Because like the Knicks don't the have person, really any. The person that they would do it for is a Damian Lillard. Honestly. Ah. I don't think they. I don't think they'll do it for Dame, cause like. You feel me? But I feel like they've 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 learned their lesson and realized some of these guys, some of these core young guys, are what you need 
for building team that wants to win a championship someday. So my expectation for y'all this season is to get to the second round and make some noise. Depending on your matchup, you can make some noise, win two, three games. You know what I'm saying? So I like what I'm seeing from the Knicks. RJ is is on a prove it year. Well, not a prove it year. I'm sorry. Let me let me watch my words. He's on a he's on a you know he's on a I'm like that tour. Like he's going like remember all the young guys were talking trash about him last year and certain players were like yeah he ain't really like that. I remember Anthony Edwards said something. Yeah, and, you know what I'm saying. So I feel like RJ his demeanor is so calm but but so calculated. Like he's like he. I don't know, man. I, I really like RJ. It's just like he's on he's, that timing. Yeah, he's like he's on that timing, and the Knicks need that because Julius can't. Julius is not a number one option, so you need Julius surrounded by other guys that could possibly be a number one in the future. You get what I'm saying? Or has been number one before? Hence the D Rose, hence the Kemba Walkers, hence the uh, the Evan Fournier's when he was on the freaking Magic. You know what I'm saying? So you guys have something going, and I like it. I would. I'm definitely trying to go to another Knicks game because the oh, one, Knicks, sure. the nice. one Knicks game I went to, they sadly lost to Chris Paul last season. But it's all right. It was a great game. Oh, um, the Phoenix game when we were about Phoenix to go game. like yeah, when we were about to go like ten straight. Yeah, facts, facts. That game, that was the game I was at. Sadly, they lost. But you know, the Knicks, the New York City is better when the Knicks are like this. Um, and facts, because no one give a fuck about the Nets. That's what I'm saying. That was my next point. I believe. I believe. <laughs> Like you guys have the city now, right? Um, you might not be as good as the Nets, but you have a better all-around team than the Nets. Yeah. So, so it's like if you just all I'm saying is top five seed for the Knicks, I believe is reachable. Oh, for sure. Top five. For sure, because reachable. there's so much question marks in the East, and it's like the Knicks, like they have a proven already, they have a proven core that you've seen win together already, and they've added on to it to make it better. So you know that like they can be better than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Cause you've seen the main group of guys they had last year already win with your RJ OB, Julius. Your boy Obi Toppin looking better. Well, yo, I'm, they they finally started using him in lineups at Randall, which I was begging for since the playoffs last year. People and were really saying he wasn't it. I don't know what I don't know. Like I've seen some of the chatter, and some people have told me like, "Yo, Obi Toppin's not that guy." I'm like, "Yo, bro, he hasn't played enough." Like you saw what the big man lineup was looking like last season. Like they didn't know if they wanted to play him or not. Like <laughs> so and now, you know, and now they're more confident to play him next to Randall because they know defensively it could work. Because that was Tom Thibodeau's main issue. He was like, "Oh, is it going to work defensively?" Mm-hmm. And he saw it work defensively multiple times. So he was like, "I bet I'm going to keep using it." Recently, since Taj came back, they haven't used it that much. But I would like to see him use it that much because I would, I would like to see them use it more because it helps Julius get in a more offensive rhythm because he's able to drive to the basket more because everything is spaced out. is five out because Obi can space the floor. So it's like mm-hmm. once you once you add that equation in and then you've seen the main group of guys win last year. It was Julius, IQ, Nerlens, um, Taj, Alec Burks, Barrett, um, all those guys last year, and then you add on to Ke- you add on with Kemba, adding Mitchell Robinson back because he was out for most of last year, and then you add Fournier. It's like you have a proven formula, and you you've made it better. So like, I do think, like you said, top five seed is attainable for the for the team, and like even if I they mean- get if they get even higher than that, it wouldn't surprise me. I know it may surprise a lot of the people, but it wouldn't surprise me because I just feel like they're like that, and the way like other teams are looking right now, I know it's still early, but like. 
setting the tone early is good because like you get teams knowing what you're about already. Now, yeah, these wins early in the season play huge dividends when it comes to uh, playoff seating down the line where where uh, there's games where we probably or not games, but there's seedings now where it's like, ooh, they were like three or four games back. Like these are the games. Hopefully the Knicks win those games this season, the 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 50-50 games where they will allow them and to so be. Far, and so far they have too. Exactly. Because so, they've blown some leads in some games where they were like, it's like, yo, in the past, this they would have lost these games, but like mm-hmm. they win in them. And like one one big thing for me is chemistry. Chemistry is a huge thing when it comes to winning. And I don't even think the Knicks got chemistry right now. Like I think they're still trying to figure out each other and whatnot. Yeah. And like everybody's they're still everybody's able to shooting. win games on the fly with without chemistry. So I'm just imagining like how this team is gonna look when they do start getting chemistry because you saw last year when they started getting chemistry, that's when the nine game win streak happened. So it's like this year the team is better. What's gonna happen now? Because they already went in now without the chemistry. So what's gonna happen when they do have full chemistry? So it's it's looking up. Definitely looking up. Uh y'all are here. <laughs> Knicks fans stand up. <laughs> uh yeah, man. I, I like the Knicks. I, I I've don't get me wrong, I've I've watched you guys when you were bad. I've watched you guys <laughs> when you were subpar. I've watched you guys, you know, do what you do right now. So it's a good thing to see. Like the Knicks are an example of all right, you may be losing, but while you're losing, you gotta make good decisions and you know from the last time that they were legitimately losing compared to the next season where they started winning, you saw the changes, you saw the moves, and you saw the direction. And, of course, you saw the player development. That's the key part, player development. So you guys are, de- you guys are developing your players nicely, and you, your players have a nice mindset to win and to get better, and that's what you want on a team that's possibly overlooked by some bigger teams in the league. So yeah, you know, something tells me you guys might surprise somebody in the playoffs. And uh, it's only up from here. Yes, sir. Um, any last notes you got? Uh, nah, no, no last notes. All I know is Russell Westbrook will get his act together by game number fifteen. You uh, saw my, my boy, my boy Braun sat out two games, and something told me it was more so to get Russell Westbrook going. And okay, and uh. Yeah, now they're back on the court together, and I need to see some Ws. And efficient play from Russell Westbrook. Once we see efficient play, is I don't even need to see the three-pointers drop. I just need to see you efficient. You're not wasting your time on the floor. So that's what I need to see, and we'll see it by game 15. 15 is against, I believe, the Chicago Bulls oh, look at in that. Staples Center. Look at that. Yeah, so, Stamp it. Stamp it. Sway said it. All right. All right. Um, so I think that's it for today's episode. Let the people know where they can find you at. Uh, first and foremost, thank you for having me once again. Like to be here. Uh, y'all can find me on all internet, Sway Reporting Live or Sway Hendrix. Podcast has been down a little bit, but we're getting back and uh, tap in. I'll try to be more vocal on the Twitter because I know y'all be lit over there. But uh, <laughs> Sway, Reporting, Sway Reporting Live is where you can find me. Sway, you know, I'm I'm back, baby. YouTube is back. No more girls basketball. Now we're back into the season and NFL talk. So tap in with me. Next couple of days, you'll see some drops, and hopefully you guys like it. Facts. And I will plug. Um, I'll plug the Strickland. Follow the Strickland on Twitter. I usually do post-game spaces over there with my boy Tyrese after almost every single Knicks game. So, you know, I'm giving analysis 
observations, jokes, all that good stuff. So if you're a Knicks fan or just a basketball fan in general, tune into that and just tune into over the, over there. Excellent basketball content being made by a lot of talented people over there that are Knicks fans. So if you are a Knicks fan, definitely tap in. Um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs>